Hey guys and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. It's been a little bit longer since I last had an episode. Um, it's just been an incredibly busy um, kind of last part of the season that's been kind of ongoing for me, or ongoing stretch since the end of July and um, start of August. It's been a tremendous amount of fun, uh, but I'm now left with uh, just one client to go, which is competing next week, and then that'll be the 2023 season wrapped up, uh, which will be crazy uh, to think how you know quickly this year has went. I think back to the start of the season, the people that did the Scottish, and it honestly feels like it was last year, like 100%. Um, time has just went super quick, but I think it was just the volume of athletes that have had on stage, which has actually only been about 15 or 16, uh, but the amount of shows they've done, the amount of travelling I've done, that's why it feels the way it is, but a tremendous year so far. Um, the big pinnacle, the big milestone for me this year was getting um, the the sort of top threes above the, the 100 marker, getting into triple digits, and we're up there now at 101, which um, is really, really cool, really, really cool, because there's not many coaches in the UK that will done that. There'll be probably I could count them on one hand, um, and, and it's kind of cool to be part of that circle, you could say. But like anything in life, you know, you want more. Um, and what's crazy is that next year looks even bigger. It looks even better. Um, and I can't wait to see that all unfold. With I think I just counted there the sixteen people in the first competing in the first six weeks of the season. Which is brilliant. I fucking can't wait. It's going to be class. Um, but on to the subject of today's podcast, which is: Are you really classic, uh, or not? You know, um, is is one of the main things um, I'm going to speak about today. And I think that the reason why I wanted to do it, and I've had this conversation many times, particularly in the car traveling down um, to, to to many shows, is what you'll see. And classics, classics um, popularity has increased exponentially the past few, uh, let's say, two or three years. And it's yes, okay, it's because of sebum. One hundred percent, it's because of sebum. But it's also because guys maybe don't like the idea of putting on a pair of board shorts, and then they think that actually, well, I'm not big enough to do bodybuilding, so I'll just do classic. That doesn't mean that you are classic, you know, just because you dislike men's physique and you're not big enough to be a bodybuilder, you might just genetically still be a bodybuilder, right? And this is where you'll see a lot of guys have that thought process, so at certain lineups and shows across the country, judges will see five, six guys on stage that are doing classic bodybuilding or classic physique, and none of them are really classic. They're all just kind of look like, like, like looking like bodybuilders. But then they have to place what's in front of them, and then someone on Instagram sees that line up and says, "Oh, I look like that," and that guy just won, so I'm going to do it. And then you know the the snowball kind of keeps going down the hill and keeps going. And this is why you see a lot of lineups where guys aren't really classic. So the number one thing we have to think about is, well, what is the classic look or the classic criteria? You know, what what could you say the judges are looking for? So typically, like classic guys will have a little bit of a shorter torso, um, quite a thick rib cage, like a, quite a high lat insertion, um, so that when they vacuum, they just have this like unbelievable um, X-frame and classic look. Of course, they have big popping quads, big chest, big arms, uh, like they're looking for in classic. And I suppose you could say kind of like a little bit like what Sebum has. So, if you know that that's what they're looking for. Well, if you have a rectangular waist, 
right? And you don't really have um, much of a, of a high Latin surgeon or whatever. Um, you haven't got a short torso, then you're probably a bodybuilder, right? I'm not saying as a bodybuilder, like bodybuilders can't have short torsos, but I'm just meaning in general that a specific look is if you are if you are very, very blocky and can't really vacuum well and uh, you don't have much of a V-taper, then you're probably a bodybuilder. And at the same time, if you are more sort of based towards a men's physique look, men's physique guys will have a little bit of a longer torso, a little bit of a lower Latin surgeon, you could say. Um, obviously, they're really big up top and all that. But there's a certain, certain like a major difference, in my opinion, of what a men's physique guy looks like, what a classic guy looks like, and then what a bodybuilder looks like. So, again, if you're more suited towards men's physique and you jump in classic, you're probably not going to do that well. And that's where guys need to understand and I've done obviously episodes about this before of just like understanding results and understanding criteria. Um, in this instance, the case of like, well, are you actually classic, bro? And the answer is maybe no. And the reason I'm kind of doing this podcast as well is that I did classic. And when I look back, I'm probably not that classic. But why did I do it? Well, I did men's physique in 2017 and hated it. I absolutely hated it. I hated having board shorts on. My legs were like bursting out the board shorts. Um, but I wasn't really big enough for men's physique. You know, I'm not really men's physique-y. Um So for me at the time when I I'd, at the time I decided I didn't want to do bodybuilding, right? Or I don't want to compete. So I just wanted to get bigger. So when the time came for me to compete again, I just wanted to like do it. And I just wanted a category that where I just kind of fitted I knew I didn't fit men's physique I knew I had big legs so I was like right I jump in classic but again I was I was probably met with some guys when I did well I was probably met with some guys that they weren't really classic either I was just better at them I was leaner I think back to 2020 that show where I won to the first the first time in a show I'd ever won um, and I was the leanest out of everyone and just had perhaps maybe the most like balanced or aesthetic look Still didn't make me classic, you know what I'm saying? But it is seen, I suppose, as often a stepping stone um, to move up from men's physique. 100% is seen from that. And someone listening to this could probably argue, well, Vaughn, could you not just like, even if you're men's physique, if you just not not get big enough, could you still be a bodybuilder? Well, yeah, of course you can. One of the main differences between sort of men's physique and bodybuilders really is the general size not just an upper body, but the legs as well. But there's like a flow to men's physique. Men's physique guys, like, they're good looking, <laughs> right? Um, classic guys flow well, they're usually good looking, whereas bodybuilders, like, you ain't got to be the best looking bloke. You'd be the biggest, hardest, driest, most symmetrical, balanced, shredded that there is. Well, fuck, if you are, then you're going to do, you're going to do really, really well. So do I think that classic should be used as a stepping stone between men's physique and bodybuilding? I want to say no, right? Because of what I understand about the criteria and the look. But the reason I'm going to say yeah is that, well, I love amateur bodybuilding and I love competing. I understand that people do it for different reasons. So if you feel like, well, hey, I've been off-seasoning for three years and I'm still probably two years away from being a bodybuilder, but I just want to step on stage again, then cool. Jump on stage, do classic, but don't be disheartened if you don't do well. Where you would do well is pick lower level shows. 
Don't pick PCA British finals. Don't pick a two bros regional right beside the fucking Arnolds or right beside their British finals. Pick a local show, an IBFA, uh, or, or something like that. G- GPO, which is now GPA, um, maybe an NFM UK, UKUP. Like, pick those shows because in those federations, you'll probably meet guys that are very similar case to you either. They're just getting started with Classic or they're maybe transitioning up and the competition might not be as fierce and as good as um, the the likes of the PCAs and and the Tubros and whatnot. And then you go back into your off-season and you spend time getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And by the time it gets to maybe like five years down the line, okay, maybe you're now... Um, Maybe you're now a bodybuilder. Maybe now you have the size to to do bodybuilding, and obviously you're, you're not you're not going to be classic. But what what I'd also add, and this is what you see a lot of, is you see guys that maybe haven't done um, great in bodybuilding move down and do classic, and often again in lineups across the UK. They are in a lineup with other guys that are not classic, and then they do they do well because they win because they're the biggest and the most shredded guys. But that doesn't make them classic. So then when they go do like higher level shows, British fans that and they don't do well and they get beat and they throw a strop, well it's no surprise because they're not classic. So I even said this to um, Chris Bain, which you guys know is one of my athletes has done incredibly well the past five years. Uh, most significant of this season, like a lot there was a couple of shows he did bodybuilding and classic in every single show. I'd say, don't do classic. You're not classic. And he would do it anyway. And there was a couple of shows where it really didn't go his way and he threw the dolls at the pram and I went, mate, you're not classic. It's fair, right? And he, his comeback was always, oh, but I was the biggest and I was the most conditioned on that on stage. I went, that doesn't mean that you're classic though, right? So in some lineups, when you have five or six guys that all kind of look like big bodybuilders and they're not classic, well... If that's what you're seeing and that's what's winning, then of course you're going to be more encouraged and inclined to do that. But what I'd ask yourself is, are you really classic? And maybe have a word with your coach about that. I've had plenty of guys over the years come to me um, and say, "Hey, mate, I want to, you know, I want to do a classic bodybuilding next year." And I go, "I don't think you should do classic." And they go, "What?" I'm like, "I think you should do novice bodybuilding if they've maybe never competed before, or I say do first timers and then do novice." Um, and that's, I guess, that's the one um, problem is that once you, if you've done men's physique, and this is why I'm going to not, I'm going to recommend that you, you still use classic as a stepping stone, is that if you've done men's physique, there's nowhere else for you to go if you're moving up, apart from straight into open bodybuilding because you can't do novice, right? Novice for most. Um, for most federations across the UK are very specific that they say once you go into an open category whatever open category that is you're now no longer a novice competitor now that's not the case for every single fed but for most and you're going to say well Vaughn what do you mean most well is there feds where it's not applicable yeah 100% so let's take Tubros which have they have a true novice category and then they have a uh, just a novice category the true novices for those that have never done NPC before and then the novice category for, for anyone that's never won an overall so let's say you've done men's physique and you've never done two bros you've done PCAs, UQPs, NFM UKs you know this that and the next thing you've done incredibly well then you think like right I want to take a step up but I'm not a classic so you wait the years and you do bodybuilding 
but then maybe you you know it's a four year journey you get to two years you're bored you're like fuck it I want to step on stage well then just go do NPC or two bros here in the UK go do true novice and novice because then that's it's your first time doing NPC so you're allowed um, then you've, if you've never won an overall you do the normal novice and then boom if you want to do your open height class just as experience that's totally fine you might get our spanked um, but at least you're doing it whereas like a federation like PCA you probably wouldn't be allowed to do that I think they stipulate again if you've done an open category or I think it's if you've placed top three at the British finals you're no longer, no longer novice and that's where you really need to look at the criteria for that specific federation because some of them are very specific to that federation alone such as um, two bros used to have a first time they probably still do and it was your first time doing two bros didn't matter how many times you competed before. Um, FMC have a first timer's bikini category, and so if it's your first time doing FMC, you could compete before. So that's where again, don't just assume the criteria from federation to federation is exactly the same, because that's where you can get your arse bit. If you go compete and then they come back and say, "Well, actually, look, you shouldn't have been a novice because you've done X, Y, and Z." We can't actually, you know, um, we've got to disqualify you or whatever, or maybe it goes on social media, and that's obviously something that you really 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 don't want um so when i'm talking about the stepping stone i think that i'm being i'm trying to give you a way of if you're going from men's physique to bodybuilding that you could still do it but of course like two bros and npcs it's one that i don't often recommend because of the uh, financial cost here in the uk it's usually even typically more expensive in europe um i don't know what it's like in the states but you're talking like if you're in europe for to enter one category it could be 250 euros here in the uk to enter one category it could be about 115 to 120 pounds i think and then when it gets closer to the big shows like the arnold's and whatnot then i think they go up to like you know 200 250 pounds to enter whereas like a pca is maybe like 40 quid to enter you know UKUPs maybe 30 quid to enter and that's where um again um it's it's not wise to to jump in <coughs> excuse me and do a classic lineup at the likes of an arnold's where it's a lot of money you're not a classic and um you maybe potentially won't do won't do that well um so i'm i'm given giving you an opportunity or giving, giving you hopefully like an avenue that you can still compete but i'm suggesting that you don't compete in classic uh, or if you do just don't maybe expect to do that well now of course you totally could you totally could do well um because the lineups that you meet might be very similar to you you know they might be not uh, not that conditioned you're really conditioned you're really fucking you know all the way in regardless of the fact that you don't have you know that um that thick rib cage that ability to vacuum or that bigger x frame and whatnot um but just something to just something to consider and for me, when I competed, um, my la- or the last time I competed, which was in 2021, it was really only as I was getting towards the end of my season where I kind of realised like I wasn't classic anymore and I shouldn't really be doing that category. And it was when I got to Tubers British Finals and I just went backstage and I saw all the guys and I thought, fuck man, you are all shit hot he's a lot better than me and chatted with my coach at the time who was Callum Raystrick those of you know him as Callum Pro Coach and 
he said, mate, to me, you're a bodybuilder and you always have been. Um, and he, he even said it actually at a check-in that I um, sent him. I remember I was hitting a front lats pair or something like that and I was, I sent him a picture because, you know, well, you know what it's like when you prep. You fucking like, you take a picture, you get excited. And I sent him and he went, mate, you're a bodybuilder all day. Um, didn't listen, did classic. And then after it, when he repeated it, I was like, you know, he's right. Um, he, he was he was right. I actually finished finished my season doing novice bodybuilding. Um with fix which I won and like that for me confirmed I was like right I need to move up and do um do class one <coughs> but before the boys came around I was more than willing and happy to do that because of just you know I wanted to be the biggest bastard um I could be and then when, when my two sons came around that when my first one came around, I was less. You know, I was like, okay, I maybe don't want to be quite as big. And when the second one, I found it was pregnant. My wife was pregnant. With the second one, I was like, well, that's bodybuilding kind of done for me for a while. Um, it wasn't worth uh, the risks uh, to my health. I guess I wasn't willing to do that. I'd been doing that for up to that point in time, but at that point in time, I had myself to worry about, and it was my decision, and the, there was no repercussions to anyone else bar myself to my health. But then I thought, right, well. What I do to my health actually could affect my kids' lives and their futures. Uh, I, straight away, when I had that thought creeping in my mind, I was like, I'm not doing that anymore, you know. So I dropped down to TRT, and it was a kind of like a very, um, not a career end, ending decision. That's that's maybe not the, the right thing to say because maybe one day I will do masters when the boys are older. Um, but for me, it was, you know, I did men's physique, now I did. I did classic in 2020, classic in 2021, and then it was by then I went right. That's me done in classic now. I'm not, I'm not a classic. I can see the criteria. I could see the boys winning. I could see what they look like, and it's not me. Um, you know, I maybe look all right in a vacuum in some shots, but not them all. Um, don't have, you know, the the best abs. I got a good set of legs on me, and that's just really about it. Not big up top um, in my chest and arms that they want and. When you get a taste of bodybuilding, you do a little bit well. You have one, maybe five shows. Like when you then don't win, it does. It's not as good, right? Because <laughs> uh, everyone competes to win. I don't care what anyone else says. So that's why I was like, right, if I pursue classic, I'm probably just, probably going to keep getting beat. Um, so I was like, I'll do class one, and then thought, nah, I won't do that. And you know, maybe my mind will change and three years time when the boys are at school or f sorry four or five years time when the boys are at school but for just now I'm really content at um, just being a hobby builder being a good dad and being a great coach um, this year has been a phenomenal year and I've seen the benefit in not being a bodybuilder um, to what it's able for, allowed me to do for business drive clients nine hours to Wales you know grab whatever I can on show day running about here and there, maybe not eating on show day because I'm or as much because I'm given getting athletes sorted and that. Um and they them having a lot of success and that gives me an incredible amount of joy, more joy than I have experienced myself as a bodybuilder. Um and it's it's just been wonderful. Um really wonderful to be part of everybody's journey um so far. And there's been so many moments like as if someone said to me like, Hey Vaughn, uh, what's been your favourite moment um this year uh, in regards to competing, like it, it's hard to pinpoint one. Of course, there are ones that really, really stand out and come to the forefront of my mind. 
but I feel like if I said one, it would be doing the rest of them an injustice because some of it, like there were so many special moments with athletes winning, winning overalls. Maybe they've never placed before, and all of a sudden they've won a few shows, or just how absolutely fucking mental they looked. And at the same time, there's been some really emotional roller coasters this season as well. Uh, ones that I've um, taken quite. Uh, I think as a coach, yeah, we all take results personally. You don't see it on social media, but like those kind of losses or uh, decisions that don't go our way, like they just they just eat me up for days after the show. And I sit and I think and I look back about right, what could we have done? What could we have changed? And I, every time I come to the same conclusion, like nah, there's nothing we could have done or changed. But it's just like losing hurts, and it's okay for it to hurt. And the last show I was at, WMBF um, UK. One of my clients, or clients I was working with at the time, Chris Rendell, incredibly amazing athlete, has had a load of success with British Champ two years ago. You know, two years ago in 2021, said he wanted to be um, uh, WMBF Pro. And then, so then it was my job after that to make him and help him become a WMBF Pro. And we were finishing up working together at the end of this uh, this last show here. Um, so it was our last opportunity to, to do that. And you know, we fell short. Uh, the guy, we came third. We lost to second by a point. The guy in first was the winner. He was unbelievable. He was huge. Uh, like for a natty, I was like, "Fuck!" Someone drug test him right now. But um, I was very emotional talking to Chris after that result, uh, and I said the words, "I'm sorry" to him, and then uh, he burst out crying because I'd felt like I had not been able to um, help him achieve that goal. It was the first time I'd not got someone that their goal. And of course, obviously, that's just in the in the moment, right? You realise over the, the course of the coaching, it was incredibly successful. He was a British champ. He was fourth in the world. He went to Dubai. He came second in the site class. And he won, a, he won in an untested fed. A great season. But what, what I'm getting at is that this season has been an emotional roller coaster, And I've enjoyed every single moment of it. But I'm so excited for next year. Because the season's coming to a, a conclusion uh, as of next Saturday or next uh, next Sunday, um, I'm just I'm looking back on the season as a whole. Um, I'm being reflective and I'm taking it all in because I think that at times I need, I'm not taking it all in just how well the seasons went and knowing that it's the first year that Prep Coach UK um, has been uh, you know a brand and that athletes have done so well and that we're right there. With the best in the UK is um, it's an incredible feeling and something I'm incredibly humble for and grateful for. But I'm rambling now. I'm kind of well away from today's topic, so I'm going to leave it there. If you are thinking about competing uh, next year, like n- now is really the time um, to to get a coach. Anyone, I got people starting prep today. Uh, people starting prep in two weeks. People starting prep at the end of November, all for the Scottish season. Uh, I got people that have come on board this past week that are competing in October next year. Um, so it just goes to show you how far in advance you need to compete. I always got spaces open. I don't take on too many people uh, above my sort of like limit or threshold. So please do go on my uh, Instagram. Uh, there's a link to inquire, and it just WhatsApps me. Uh, just WhatsApp me for a little more information about coaching, and we'll go from there. But wherever you are, whatever you do, give it the beans. <laughs>